Down Territory with Wolf and Luke. All right, now it's really four down territory unless Baker Mayfield gets traded in the next 10 minutes because it sounds like he's not part of that trade package. That's what you guys were telling me during the break. That's what Mel just said, that he is not part of the package. You've got to be kidding me. Wow. There is going to be a full-fledged fire sale on Baker Mayfield. Why did the Cleveland Browns do this? Why, why, Deshaun? You want to come play? Okay, good. You want to get? You want? You want to come to Cleveland? That is awesome, right there. You got to give us one day. Give us one day. We'll move Baker Mayfield. We'll move him before our leverage is all gone. And now the announcement of Deshaun Watson coming to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. What kind of leverage do they really have for Baker Mayfield? There's a fire sale on Baker Mayfield. Look, it wasn't going to be robust to begin with, but they just sawed themselves off at the knees now. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll give you a third round pick. Guess what? We'll give you two sevens. I'm just saying their leverage is gone. Yeah, I mean, the only way you get leverage now if you're Cleveland in that regard is you try to play the Colts and the Seahawks and the Panthers and those teams off each other and say, you really want to start Sam Darnold or Sam Ellinger or anybody named Sam? Listen, you know what? Baker Mayfield's our starting quarterback. You're the one who wants him. Okay, yeah, give us something of value. I think they could have gotten something of value for Baker Mayfield. And again, I'm not talking about a number one. I'm not talking about a, a, a boatload of I'm not talking about that. But I think they could have gotten something of value for him. And right now, if, if you're talking to the Cleveland Browns about Baker Mayfield after Deshaun Watson is coming to your facility building? Are yeah. you kidding me? But you can still get something for him, don't you think? Yeah, it'll be less. Yeah, it'll be less. But can't you say to the Colts, I got the Seahawks on the other line right now. Man, I would have said to Sean, do you really want to come here? Yes. Well, good, because we're going to pay you. But you got to give us a day. You got to give us a day. We got to move Baker Mayfield first. And then whatever we get, that's going to benefit you, Deshaun, coming in. Give yeah. us a day before we make this known, that, before that, we make this announcement. That's the way to do it, but how many guys during these uh, this free agency and this offseason have, have said they were going to sign with somebody and then bailed at the last second? If he pulls a Randy Gregory or a Darius hey. Smith and you've traded Baker Mayfield, then you have no quarterback. All right, this is, this is four down territory of the, uh, yeah. the Cardinals, so okay. let's, uh, let's get started here. First down. <laughs> It's my first down of four-down territory. It's got to be Max Williams. That's right. I think Max Williams may have been the most underrated, if not the biggest signing of the Arizona Cardinals because of what it portends for the Arizona Cardinals and a philosophical shift in this offense and what this offense might actually do in 2022. It all starts with a stud tight end named Max Williams with two X's, ladies and gentlemen, because he is a dual threat tight end. He can block at the point of attack and he can catch the ball in a tough situation, a third down scenario, a safety net for Kyler Murray. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to start with Max Williams because of what it says about the direction of this offense, possibly. Wait, did you just say he spells his name with two X's because he's a dual threat tight end? Yes. Okay, I've always I ripped wondered. that off Paul Calvisi. Oh, all right. 
my first down here, I'm going to, with the Cardinals and their offseason so far, I'm going to say the re-signing of James Conner. Um, that, that was the biggest thing to me coming into this offseason that they had to do. Now, they still have other stuff they need to do. They're going to have to go outside the organization here at some point. But in terms of guys you were bringing back, they had a few that I thought were, were the most important guys that they realistically could bring back. I just never thought Chandler Jones was a real option. And honestly, the, the main guys that I wanted them to bring back, they have brought them all back. But James Conner was the, the top of that list. And so that's my first down. Second down. Okay, Basinonians, my second down of four down territory has got to be Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz. What does that mean? Max Williams, ladies and gentlemen, as a stud tight end and Zach Ertz as a move tight end right now. What could that possibly mean? Why would the Arizona Cardinals target Zach Ertz first and foremost before legal tampering even began? And then Max Williams as well. Well, you know what? A lot more 12 personnel. One back two tight ends, and rundown situation. Rundown situation defines who you are as an offense. The personnel groups you use in rundown situation, the formations you use in rundown situation, the plays that you run in rundown situation, first and ten, second and one to six, that defines who you are as an offense. Guess what? There's been a paradigm shift away from a wide receiver room with three wides, that being 11 personnel, to 12 personnel in rundown situation. One back, two tight ends. Oh, yeah. Zach Ertz and the signing of Zach Ertz said so much going forward. That's my second down of four-down territory. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with uh, with Zach Ertz for my second down as well. That was um, that wasn't a like it wasn't on the level of James Conner in terms of of me prioritizing guys. But when you look at the fact that they haven't added anybody from outside the roster other than Jeff Gladney, you you are potentially your your fastest way to evolving and improving with the pieces you had is Zach Ertz because when you combine him with Max Williams which we never saw last year like you just said Wolf there's a lot of different options that potentially gives you so we don't have a lot of moves outside the organization to look at yet at the end of week one of uh, of the new league year but Zach Ertz even more so than James Conner, I think gives you some untapped potential because you'd be happy if Conner just did next year what he did this past year Ertz I think maybe could give you more because he wasn't here all of last season no doubt about it, man. All right, you ready for third down? Third, yeah. Third down. <laughs> Give me the Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. My third down of four down territory. It's got to be James Conner. Sorry, but James Conner, James Conner, James Conner. I thought he was the key. He was really the key the entire offseason. James Conner means more 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends in rundown situation. It changes who you are as an offense, but it's no good. It honestly is no good. You could go ahead with 12 personnel. It's not going to change anything unless you got a guy that doesn't mind trucking you and everybody else that lines up against him. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a guy that defensive players are going to be a little reticent to tackle. A little forlorn, as a matter of fact, with a furrowed brow and might actually pass up a couple of tackles on James Conner. The Arizona Cardinals haven't had a back like James Conner in a long, long time. This guy can truck you. 
and he can trick you coming out of the backfield as well. Making catches, receiving. This guy is the glue going forward to a more physical team. As Paul Calvisi loves to say, a mentality is James Conner. All right, my third down, because we only have like 10 seconds, we're about to talk to Josh Rojas here shortly, is Colt McCoy. I, I'm, I wanted them to bring him back with the assumption that Kyler Murray would be back, and I'm still going to assume Kyler's back, so it's big to have Colt both as a backup on the field and what he means to Kyler Murray. That was my third Fourth down. Okay, my fourth down to four down territory has got to be Justin Pugh, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. Very underrated signing right there. If you're going to be more physical, you got to do it at the point of attack on the offensive line. Justin Pugh completes that perfect quad of physicality. All right, my fourth down is actually the one uh, move they've made outside the organization so far, bringing in Jeff Gladney. I do like the upside. I would prefer there was another corner that they had added. I, I don't love the idea of, we like this guy's upside, so we're just making him a starter. I'm a little more nervous about that because then then he has to hit his upside, whereas if you could bring in another veteran corner, then it's a nice, you know, minimal minimal risk and, and much more reward. Right now, it's, it's high risk and high reward if you're going to ask him to step in and start right away. But, uh, yeah, that would be my fourth down is the addition of corner Jeff Gladney. All right, that was four down territory. And uh, when we come back, talk a little baseball. The D-backs kicked off spring training yesterday against the Rockies. Our D-backs clubhouse call-in is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Josh Rojas. The clubhouse call-in with Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. All right, we're excited to do the clubhouse call-in today. That means the start of the uh, baseball season is here. Wolf spring training actually began for the D-backs yesterday. They are playing Colorado today. And joining us right now is Josh Rojas of your Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Josh, first of all, thanks for the time. How's everything going? How's the shoulder? It's it's going it's good. Everything's going well. I'm feeling 100 percent this year. Uh, it was good good to get that cleaned up in the off season, and I'm ready to go. Josh, what position do you prefer? Because I know you could play the outfield, of course, and the infield as well. If you had your druthers, where would you want to play? Man, that's a tough decision. Just because I've 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 played so many of them, and I I mean, given enough given enough time at any one position, I can feel. Uh, comfortable and you know make that feel like home so that's tough to say um but you know as of right now the positioning openings are at third base and right field so um i like to own one of those and and you know play one of those consistently but then again whatever uh whatever we need day in and day out is where i'm willing to go Talking to Josh Rojas, Josh, I know as a team last year didn't ultimately go the way you guys wanted, but for you individually, that was really your first full season on a major league team playing 139 games prior to that. You had played 58, so you, you're, you're in there now. I mean, how, how was that experience for you just individually, especially for it being your hometown team to be basically an everyday player? Yeah, it was a really good learning experience for me. Um, you know, you, you learn how to get through a full 162 um, you know, I had a couple injuries last year that, that kept me out of some games, but, you know, the goal, I've learned from those, and, you know, I, I took away from the season how to uh, take care of my body and what I needed to do throughout the year to, to make it through a whole season healthy, and hopefully I can do that this year. 
um, that was one of my biggest learning experiences, you know, throughout that year was, you know, looking at the guys around me, the guys that have done it for multiple years and, and see what it takes to take care of your body and get through a whole season. You know, it's so important as a professional athlete, obviously, Josh, that you do. You take care of your body, and in the off season, you train. How does a Major League Baseball player train in the off season? What are you trying to accomplish? As a former football player, I can tell you, Josh, it was about get, get bigger, get stronger. Yeah. What about what about as a baseball player? What is it that you're trying to do when you train in the off season? Yeah, I think everybody has a little bit some, something a little bit different. Uh, for me, I like to do it in stages. You know that you get through 162. That that initial stage is you know have your fun, go on your vacations, let the body rest, relax. You know, let everything recover, um, and then just slowly start to get into it. For me, it's it's a lot of yoga, Pilates. You know, moving getting the body to move again, um, pushing it to its limits, not really loading it with too much weight, but just making sure everything's moving correctly, you know, your hips. You know, baseball is a lot of rotation, you know, a lot both ways, throwing, hitting, um, moving low to the ground. So you want everything, your hips, your shoulders, your, your spine, you want everything to be moving the way you want it to. Um, and then once you... Once I do that for about a month, it, I go right into, you know, lifting. But even lifting, it's, you know, I, I've done the off-season, you know, football lifts, try to get big, and usually when it comes time to, you know, rotating and swinging, it's a little stiff. Right. So um, even those lifts, when you when you start lifting, you're, you're doing your steady dose of, you know, ro- uh, rotating and, and, you know, lifting in rotation and lifting in, in different positions, not necessarily, you know, your squats and deadlifts. Yeah, you know, Josh, it brings up a really interesting proposition because obviously in the sport of football and basketball and hockey, um, cardio is really, really big. It's a huge part of being a professional athlete. How much cardio do you actually do, if at all? Yeah, so the beginning of the, I mean, I'd probably say until January, February, there's not much cardio going on. You know, it's <laughs> it's all about just getting the body right and uh, trying to get strong, but you do have to mix in um, quite a bit of cardio coming into spring training because, you know, I learned this over the last couple of years because I always thought the same thing. You know, we don't need cardio. We just have to run, you know, first to maybe third, you know, and then and then you got a, a, an inning to recover. But um, your cardio also, you know, directly correlates with your amount of time it takes to recover. So the better your cardio is, you know, the better you'll feel after a tough game, long game. You know, if your cardio is really good, that next day you'll feel much better than if you uh, didn't have much cardio. Talking to Josh Rojas, uh, Josh, I know you've talked about this in the past, but but being from the Valley, what is that like to be really the, one of the first wave of Major League players to play for the Diamondbacks that grew up here watching the Diamondbacks too? Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, the, I think that first year was a little bit, it was a lot of stress for me, you know, putting that extra pressure, knowing I have so many people coming to the games to watch and not wanting to, you know, disappoint anybody when they come out to, you know, pay money to watch me play. So that first year was a little stressful, but, you know, you, you start to, you know, focus in and, and play the game like, like you always have. And, and it's been fun. It's been fun to have my parents been be able to come out to, you know, every game. They've been out to a couple practices here in spring training just to come out and, you know, hang out, get out in the sun again. But, you know, it's been awesome, especially being, you know, spring train here, 
play the season here, be here year round. It's, it's been really good. You know, how bad was 2020 for you, Josh? I mean, you, you came out and I believe you played in 41 games your, your rookie year and, um, you obviously showed the talent that you definitely could play at that level. And then all of a sudden 2020 came rolling around and what did you play? I think 17 games that year. Did yeah. it just wipe you out? How, what, what was that like? Yeah, that, that season was tough for me. You know, it, to be honest, it really caught me off guard. Um, I was, I was, you know, we had spring training. I had a pretty good spring training and then we got sent home and, you know, for those first two weeks, I thought we'd be right back in here, uh, still working out, staying in shape. And then, um, you know, the rumors started to spread, like there's no way we're getting a deal done. You know, we didn't think there was going to be a season and, you know, kind of got lackadaisical with my uh, preparation. You know, just yeah, I was doing a little bit of yoga once or twice a week, um, you know, hanging out with friends, you know, you know, because that was during, you know, perfect weather outside. So that was the first time I've been home and been able to be in the pool and you know have pool parties and stuff like that so um yeah i was definitely having a good time and then that season just they're like all right we we got a deal done we're going to start next week and it kind of i was trying to you know i was trying to play catch up the whole year so it was a good learning experience one of those uh experiences where you 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 know you learn from it thank goodness i had a chance to come back and and prove that i can i can stick here and i made sure last year that i did everything i could to be prepared for the season Josh, how about some of the other young hitters on this D-backs roster, like Paven Smith and Dalton Varsho, and obviously yourself? What do you see out of your your teammates? They're most likely going to be the core of this team for a while. Yeah, I really like the young talent that we have coming up, and and even you know the guys in the minor leagues that are coming up. We have some really good, really good hitters, really good players, uh, a lot of good pitching coming up. But yeah, especially Paven and Varsho, these guys rake, um, and it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to you know be in the cage with them and hit BP with them and you know we're it was good to have uh, you know I got called up in 19 and I felt like I was the the lone young guy and then Paven and Varsho came up right after me and it was good to have you know guys that were in my same situation you know you can bounce off those you know bounce, have somebody to talk about those you know those the difficulties and the struggles and how are we going to get through it how and then and then it evolved into you know how are we going to attack these pitchers and what's our plan today and you know it's it's good to have somebody that you feel like is uh you know on your level and in your in your same shoes so uh it's been really fun i think um, i expect a big year out of those guys they they look really good here in camp speaking of big years josh are you a goal guy do you set goals for yourself and if so what are they yeah, I, I usually come into the season with a couple of things I want to do. Uh, my big goal this year is I want to hit as many doubles as I can. Um, felt like, you know, in, in 19 and 20, it was even at the beginning, if you look at my stats at the beginning of last year, I fell in love with the homer and I was trying to hit homers. And my the way my swing is set up and, and um, you know, my, my tools don't really align with that kind of baseball. So, just I was just hitting BP one day in, in the off season and I was – I had a really good round where I was just spraying the gaps and it and it clicked where like you know I got to I got to just let the homers come when they come and I, my goal is to you know pepper these gaps hit balls down the line hit you know hit balls hard where people aren't and try to get hit as many doubles as I can and and if I that is my true goal and I stick to it hopefully all the numbers the other numbers fall into place Josh I got to ask you this before we let you go um and maybe doesn't affect you as much, but just as a player and as a hitter, what do you think about the idea of the shift being taken out of baseball? Uh, I didn't. I, I don't. I mean, I don't mind it either way. I wasn't one of those guys that was strong on either side, just because 
you know, the, sh- the shift does stink when you, you know, as a lefty, you hit a ball hard into that hole and there's a second base in there to field it, or even the one right back up the middle, right to the shortstop. Those do stink. Um, so as an offensive guy, you know, I, I don't mind taking it away. I feel like there's now there's a couple more hits out there. Um, but there was also at-bats last year where um, you see the shift and you know, okay, they can't throw me a pitch here because I can hit it the other way, and you take those easy hits you know, through those holes that they're giving you, especially I'm not a guy that wants to be a dead pole guy in the first place. So I, I'm going to use those, those holes. And I think as a defender, I was uh, for the shift just because if you have a guy whose spray chart is pretty limited and he only hits it in a few spots, then you should be able to put your guys there and, and make them try to hit somewhere else. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not too strong either way. I, I see both sides of it. So, Josh, we like having walk-up music for players that come on this show. So, if, in fact, you had walk-up music, what do you want us to play the next time, hopefully, we get a chance to talk to you? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, well, my walk-up song last year was uh, Put On For My City. Um, that was that was my go-to walk-up song. I think I haven't decided yet, but I think I'm going to stick with that again this year. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll play next time you come on. Yeah. Okay, big guy. Yeah, that'll be a good one. All right, Josh. Thanks a lot, man. Thank we you, appreciate buddy. it. Good luck this year. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. That's Josh Rojas joining us right there as the uh, D-backs play spring training game number two today against the Colorado Rockies. Sweet. It's not, it, it is It is nice now after all the hand-wringing to just have baseball back. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. Even just hearing him talk it about is. like how you prepare for the season. He's walking. It, it, there's something about the start of a new baseball season. And to your point that you've made a few times, Wolf, it's better than the end of the baseball season because it's always just the teams with the most money that are there. <laughs> but the start of the baseball season, it's like you're coming in with your own individual uh, goals. You're seeing everybody again. It's a, it's a long summer. Hope springs eternal. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, Baker Mayfield wants out, and uh, he's going to get his wish. How does that impact the quarterback carousel around the NFL? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Alright, well, we just, uh, I guess, so much for my first pick in our Fulcrum football draft. You see Juju Smith-Schuster going to Kansas City. No, I did not see yeah, that. That just happened within the last couple minutes, He's according to going Adam to Schefter. Kansas City. Actually, according to Field Yates. Okay. One year, $10.75 million. That's a good football player right there going to Kansas City. So the Chiefs have finally done something to sort of respond to every team in their rearview mirror in that division making massive moves. This is not Devontae Adams, but you're giving Patrick Mahomes another target now. See, yeah, you're giving him another target like he needs another target. It all actually, the Passapart 2, of course, the key that unlocks all locks for the Kansas City Chiefs is Tyreek Hill. That division's going to be ridiculous. I know I keep saying that, and then you keep adding more players. In the last 24 hours, they've added Devontae Adams and Juju Smith-Schuster. You got Juju and Travis Kelsey, of course, and those two guys benefit greatly from Tyreek Hill. So you now have Mahomes with Juju, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey in that offense. Yeah. (laughs) And the Raiders have added Devontae Adams, and the Broncos have added Russell Wilson. And the Chargers have bolstered their defense. The AFC West right now, honestly, is just a mess. They should just let them start what playing now. <laughs> what an absolute mess. Them. 
an unmitigated disaster that's going to be if you lose your quarterback. That's now, a nasty division. Sticking in the AFC, Deshaun Watson is staying in the AFC. The reports coming into today were that he was going either to the Falcons or the Saints, which would have had him in the NFC. But Wolf talked about this earlier. I had just sort of assumed, okay, now now that's going to be a very good quarterback joining the NFC. Because that's what they said. They said it was either the Falcons or the Saints. And out of nowhere, like not even an hour ago, he uh, he somebody announced, I guess Adam Schefter and a few others announced, that he is going to Cleveland. Yeah. So now that, that trade is going to happen. But it doesn't sound like that trade involves Baker Mayfield. Woo! It doesn't. As it stands right now, it does not involve Baker Mayfield. This is stunning to me. This is this is a mind job. I cannot even imagine. Why has this happened? Why is this going down right now? Why in the world the Cleveland Browns said there's no way we're trading Baker Mayfield? There's no way. Maybe they were serious. <laughs> They're going to bring Deshaun Watson in. Baker's going to be the backup. Of course, we all know that's not going to be the case because they'd be paying Baker Mayfield almost $20 million Mm -hmm. to be the backup. That's not going to happen right there. So why did they pull the trigger on this now? I mean, if Deshaun Watson wants to go and play for the Cleveland Browns, that's great. But once you call and say, hey, listen, I'd love to come play for you, aren't you going to say, Hey, listen to Sean. You got to give us a day. Let us move Baker. We got to move Baker. Would it even need to be a day? Give us like four hours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We just give us some time here to move Baker. Is that okay, Deshaun? Because you know what? We're going to get something of value for him, and that is going to help you. That's going to benefit you. You're going to come here. You're going to sign this long-term contract. You're going to sign this contract, and we're all going to be happy. Just give us some time. Is that okay? Is that, Sean, are you going to work with us on... Why in the world would he not work with them on that? I, I, I because agree right with now, you. They don't have the leverage that they had before. If I get a call, do you, do you think the Cleveland Browns have been talking to some people about Baker Mayfield and the possible acquisition? It sounds like they've of been talking to teams about him since like week eight okay. of last year. There's no doubt about it, though, Luke, right? Yeah. Let's all just say there are teams that they have talked to about Baker Mayfield that are interested in acquiring. Baker Mayfield at the right price, And they still are now, yeah. And they still are. The problem is, you've just sawed your own legs off in front of them because here comes Deshaun Watson to play quarterback for you. You've got to get rid of Baker Mayfield now, so the price for Baker just went down. How how amazing is this? that For all the bad quarterbacks the Browns have had over the years, right now they have Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Like right now, the Browns have the best quarterback depth in the NFL. Baker Mayfield as your backup. Deshaun Watson as your starter. This is Dan Orlovsky yesterday talking about Deshaun Watson. And this might be a little extreme. I think there's still other quarterbacks in the NFL I take over Deshaun Watson. But this was this is before the trade. This is yesterday. Dan Orlovsky talking about whoever gets Deshaun Watson. There's no quarterback in the NFL that is a flat-out better player than Deshaun Watson. Two years ago, there was conversations of, well, if Deshaun Watson was drafted to the same place as Patrick Mahomes, would he be doing the same stuff as Patrick Mahomes? And that's when Patrick was taking the league by absolute storm. There, I mean, there's not, there's not a, a quarterback that you sit there and go, that guy's unequivocally a better player. He's just been in a really bad situation in Houston. The other thing this does... Wolf, and and this is not something that, I mean, it's been brought up a few times, but it hasn't been like a steady part of the Kyler Murray conversation, but there was always the thought of like, well, if this goes bad, 
and you and you ended up having to trade him. Those are probably the only two guys that I would have traded for, either Deshaun Watson, and I would have had to work through that one and process that if I would have even done that, or Baker Mayfield and pieces, <laughs> right? Because Baker Mayfield's not on the same level as Kyler Murray, whereas Deshaun Watson is actually probably a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Well, Deshaun Watson's on a team now. Yeah. So that, so like, <laughs> you. You don't have a choice. You're you're not not stuck with Kyler Murray. You're stuck with maybe this nonsense that he said wasn't going to keep just, happening. But you don't have any other options. It's so interesting you bring this up, uh, just for fun because it's never going to happen, base and audience. But what would it take for the Cardinals to trade Kyler Murray to the Browns for Baker Mayfield? Baker uh, Mayfield I mean, and what uh, else would you have to have? You know what? Um, I'll take the 13th pick in this year's draft. Since we're doing this hypothetically, I'll take Baker. I'll take the 13th pick. I'll take your first round pick from 2023. And then, oh, by the way, give me the pick the Browns acquired from Detroit <laughs> this year in the fourth round. I'll take those three picks. Yeah, that'd be a start. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, maybe, maybe that's, that's what it would take point. right there. But, but here's the thing, though. I mean, you see what I'm saying, right? The, the two name. If you were, if you were ever actually entertaining the thought of if this, this goes south with Kyler Murray, here's our leverage. If it goes south, we'll trade him. You're only going to trade him to Houston for Deshaun Watson or to Cleveland for Baker Mayfield and stuff. There's no yeah. other team that can offer you a young quarterback that, in the case of Watson, is, is like I said, probably better than Kyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield isn't, but at least you know he does have some characteristics that you might be able to build around. He was the number one pick just the year before Kyler Murray. You can't trade for either one of them now. Cleveland's got them both. Mm-hmm. They're not trading Deshaun Watson, <laughs> and they're not going to trade Baker Mayfield for a quarterback because they don't need Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. No, exactly. So you can't trade for a quarterback now hmm. if you're the Cardinals, unless yeah. there's somebody I'm forgetting. Well, you know what? Honestly, the percentage chance of that actually happening was never great to begin no. with, right? But now it's zero. Is it zero? Is it zero? Feels like it's Is zero. Is it really now? zero yeah. right now? I don't know about that. Very interesting. There's no way I would trade Kyler Murray for anything that didn't involve a good to potentially great young quarterback coming back. Yeah. Well, I I can tell you right now, there is such a thing as a three-way deal, isn't there? I guess that's true. You know, know, just for the pure comedic value of watching the Browns try to execute a three-way deal when they have too many quarterbacks, they would somehow accidentally trade Baker and Deshaun Watson in the trade. Now I kind of want to see that happen. brutal, man. All right, we come back. It was a crazy week around sports. We'll take you through everything that happened with our weekly rewind. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We're to the point now where if I hear Tool like in just my everyday life, I feel like I have to start talking about the Cardinals or something. That's that's what this show has done to me. Tool is a harbinger, is it not, my brothers? So here's what we're gonna do, Wolf. Pretty pretty uh pretty chaotic week. We knew this coming in. March Madness to the extreme this week, right? Yes. So we're gonna do a little uh, weekly recap right here, okay? Okay. We're go day by day, starting with Monday. Monday, which of course felt like a Friday. To you, of course. It did. Nobody ever says that, by the way. No. Nobody ever says, boy, this Monday feels like a Friday. And I'm never going to say it again, either. That was a one-time thing. Uh, Let's see. James Conner 
signed with the Arizona Cardinals quickly. That was the start of legal tampering, and uh, he was on the show with us. We asked him, hey, why would you sign so quickly, James? Oh, uh, man, Arizona Arizona felt like home for me. So, you know, I said, well, i wait, you know, and, and and now I get to call it home for three more years, and I, I just couldn't be more, more excited. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for this organization, and, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to roll. It's a good start to the week. That is a great start to the week right there, honestly, especially after the signing of Zach Ertz because of what that portended. Yeah. What that said. That said, oh my goodness, we're going to be more physical here because Zach Ertz is going to be our move tight end. Max Williams. I would say the the best thing the Cardinals could have done so far, they did first thing this week, re-signing James Conner. Pretty good start to the week. Not as good of a start to the week as Christian Kirk's start to the week, Wolf, where he was handed $17 billion by the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, four years, $72 million, with a chance for it to be four years, $84 million for Christian Kirk. Show me the money. Show me the money! Well, it worked for him. You know what? I'm so happy for Christian Kirk, are we not? Um, one of our own Basinonians, one of our own living right here, doing so well right there. Listen, I'm for the player. And the player going out and being able to make as much as he possibly can in this very physical, very difficult sport known as football. Way to go, Christian Kirk. Who's his agent? Four years, $72 million, yeah. with the potential to be 84. Juju Smith-Schuster just got one year, $10.75 million. That's beautiful. Even if you think, okay, Christian Kirk's better than Juju, is he that much better? It's interesting how the market plays out here. Uh, all right, Wolf, on to Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh... A lot of, it continued through Tuesday. How about Devin Booker uh, leading the Suns past New Orleans? I mean, we just come together, man. It's you know, it's it's fun to be a part of, and you know, even doing our whole pregame, you know, situation. I say routine, but there's so much to it. It's more than a routine. Uh, just it, it gets us hype, man. I think everybody versus us just taking that approach to it, and you know, just enjoying the road games, enjoying being the the, the bear of bad news coming through here. I think. <laughs> You know, it's something that we definitely own. The smoldering. You can almost smell it, can you not? Just listening to him talk. The smoldering of Devin Booker. is uh, what I love. I like embracing being the bearers of bad news. The bearer of bad news. That might have been the quote of the week for me. <laughs> and Wolf, just, just for you. And he mentioned the pregame, by the way. He did. He did. Uh, just for you, just because, you know, it's Friday and I'm in a giving mood. Here is uh, James Conner's answer to you when he joined us about whether or not the Cardinals are going to run more power schemes. Man. That's what I want. <laughs> you know, I want that. I want that. I love. I feel like that's uh, that's football, and uh, you can never ignore that because at the end of the day, you know, when you get up in that in that power and that power set, you know, you just running at somebody. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a man on a man, you know, and and so all it takes is, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of want to, you know, everybody better be getting their right gaps. Everybody better be coming physical because you know when I'm coming downhill, uh, you better believe that's what I'm bringing. And so, um, but I said I want to be the best athlete I can be. I know this offense. I know um, I got to be a valuable option in this in, in the passing game as well. Um, but man, if they ever want to want to do that and go power, then uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. This is beautiful. It really is right now. It did jack me up. I lost my mind for the most part. But it's a blending of the old and the new, ladies and gentlemen. It's got to be. Never forget that. Just because James Conner is capable of actually putting his toes at six or seven yards and attacking the line of scrimmage doesn't mean that's all you do with him. 
heck, man? You got to go 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. You got to go ahead and throw the ball. You got to get in shotgun. And here it comes, the zone read with Kyler Murray and James Conn. You've got to do all, do it all, man. Why would you ever limit yourself to not doing it all? When all that does is give your defense, your opponent, a lot more to think about and a lot more to work on. Why wouldn't you do it all? James Conner allows you to do that. Wednesday. Uh, Wolf, you know what stands out to me about Wednesday? is Coyotes head coach Andre Turney calling in from, we were trying to figure out what he was doing. You finally just asked him. Bear, <laughs> can I ask you what you're doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm priming Camelback, boys. Pause here. Try to try to breathe and not, uh, not not dying while I'm talking to you. Uh, I was like, Bear, do you want us? You want us to call nine one one or are you all right? I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> be good when you've won what six or seven now four out of five on a road trip you come back from snowy ottawa and you just start climbing mountains i love that dude seriously i've never met him ladies and gentlemen but just talking to him on the air this guy's got a mentality and um he should have worn a face mask maybe he did he has that mentality. I He's got him. that yeah, mentality. He would, he, would, he would do that. Now, that, that. And that was his reputation just around the hockey world before he ever got to the Coyotes. Like Before he ever coached a game with the Coyotes, I knew this is a Wolf-type guy. So when I realized we were having him on every week, that was perfect. Uh, Wednesday night, Steph Curry gets hurt, courtesy of Marcus Smart. Intentional or not, here's Steve Kerr after the game. A lot of respect for Marcus. He's a hell of a player, gamer, um, competitor. I coached him in uh, the World Cup a few summers ago. Um, we talked after the game. Um, you know, we're, we're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play, and you know, just let him know. It sounds like Steph Curry will be back for the playoffs. I saw. I was looking at the odds this morning. They haven't changed at all on the yeah. Warriors from where they were before he got hurt. So yeah. I think even the the gambling public assumes he's going to be back. Uh, number one, it was not a dirty play by Marcus Smart. It was him being Marcus Smart competing, even going to the ground to compete. That was number one thought I had. Number two is Steve Kerr. What's wrong with your voice, man? What did you do? Probably yelling at Marcus Smart. Thursday. Uh, Thursday, how about spring training opening up for the D-backs? And there's a shot to right center. Hit it pretty well. That's going to gap it, and it's going to get on out of here. A two-run homer on the bat of De Los Santos. And the Diamondbacks are on the board. They've cut that gap now to 5-2. to two. Just good to hear Greg Schulte yeah. talking about baseball. If, if we weren't going to have baseball, back, I was going to have to call him and be like, just say things to me so I feel like it's baseball season. Baseball is back. Deal with it, Dodgers. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Also Thursday, real quick. Brooks, the jumper. No good. You can feel the madness. St. Peter's pulls off the upset. The Peacocks are giant killers. They defeat Kentucky 85-79. to Cinderella lives in Indianapolis. And she's mad. <laughs> I'm watching Villanova beat uh, Delaware by 20 now, so so much for that potential upset. Friday. Friday. Well, that's today, Wolf. Yeah, okay. What Friday. do you got going on today? Just Deshaun Watson getting traded? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Way to sell it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you just here to listen to Tool? Yes. Okay. This is, yeah, what, what's your point? <laughs> there, there's a moment on, like, the last segment of a Friday show 
where I look at Wolf and I'm like, he's just here to hear the music right now. <laughs> this right here is smoldering music. It is one of the best songs you could possibly listen to, actually, to get ready for a game. Well, the uh, the Cleveland Browns getting Deshaun Watson, and uh, I would assume a Baker Mayfield done, deal is done before Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is, you good over there? I, honestly, it makes me angry when I hear Tool. Oh, speaking of, of, of anger, I'm going to enjoy these last few moments before U of A's run probably to the national championship <laughs> starts, so I'm just going to enjoy this right speaking now. Speaking of angry. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison. Zach Larson's back there as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gabo next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.